0: How long is Antonio gone?
1: Uh, He is actually, he is back now. Oh,
0: so not he long. Went,
1: no, he went to a Pacers game.
0: I saw.
1: And um, went with my dad. And so they had a really good time. And uh, he went up there the night before, the day before, I guess. And then was there yesterday and then this morning
0: and then came back okay so he's a so he's a pacers guy not a grizzlies guy
1: he is not he's actually not even a pacers guy he's actually a uh nets guy but it was an opportunity to go to an nba game and he's never been to one before so that's why that happened
0: i bet that was a lot of fun
1: yeah he said he had a great time i've never been much i've never been much for the nba so i was i'm glad my dad my dad is he loves basketball so
0: it was it was a great trip for your dad to take him on yes for sure Yeah, go have a have a great time yeah really excited for you to take him have a great time
1: exactly yeah yeah you take him y'all have a great time and uh, i'll stay home
0: Oh no. Oh you are I mean uh, oh you're back already. Wow. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But they yeah, they uh they said it was really cool they did. They told me that they want me to go to a game with them cuz they said it was a good experience. I've never been much into basketball, but if I'm yeah. there in person, I really enjoy it. Like uh you know, I remember going to the the Raiders basketball games and having a really good time while I was there but yeah. I'm not much for watching it on TV or anything like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's every sporting event though. Cause like, that's true. When I was in Denver last summer, Cole and I went to a Rockies game. Oh yeah. I am somewhat vocal about my distaste for baseball, but like <laughs> while I was there,
1: yeah. it was fun in person. Yeah. It's a blast. Yeah. Sure. Well, how is your, um, your sinuses and your, uh, your COVID
0: this damn cough, man. Oh, <laughs> my COVID's that's, flaring up. <laughs> that's the, it's the only thing. And like, so Meg and I went to dinner earlier and we're sitting in this, like, Did you, did you ever go to Taste of Thai when you were here? No, but it sounds delicious. Okay. it It is my favorite sesame chicken in town and it is somewhat authentic. Um, For Meg's experience, she likes it a lot too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a mom and pop Thai place and we're sitting there. Everybody is surprisingly decently spaced out. To be honest with you, um, its location is terrible. It's on South Church Street. Oh yeah, like the like the left turn of it. When we were like, where are we gonna go to dinner? We were like, well, we love Taste of Thai, but that left turn sucks.
1: <laughs>
0: and that's the way to get back to our house. And she was like, well, I think we should. I think we should go. I was like, it's good enough, and it's not rush hour enough that it'll probably be fine and we sit down and like we sit down and i immediately feel like i have to cough and i'm self-conscious enough that i'm like they're gonna think that i'm sick but what they don't know <laughs> is i was sick and better <laughs> so like this is a like i can assure you i don't have covid anymore yes like, <laughs> no longer yeah if this just, if, if
1: this cough had been a week ago you would have something to be concerned
0: about. I would have ordered it like delivery or something. <laughs> well, Genuinely, I- when I, when I was quarantining, I did not set foot outside of my house. Well, like, the weather the was point, pretty
1: nasty too.
0: So that helped. Um, <laughs> but it was to the point where, so the first day I left work the 29th and like, I, I went into work and I was like, I feel like shit. I should, uh, so, I rounded the corner to go tell my boss. I was like, I think I need to go home. And I was wearing a mask because I respect the people around me. Mm-hmm. And I rounded the corner with the mask, and she was walking to the workroom where I was. And she was just like, uh oh. And I was like, yeah. She was like, go home. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Get out of here. So, my first day back, that was a Wednesday. I think the 29th was a Wednesday. My first day back was the next Wednesday because mm. the c d c had just relaxed the quarantine rules, oh, yeah, so my first day back was Wednesday, and it was weird, like putting on shoes because, like I said, I hadn't left my house and i'm I'm in my own house. I'm not gonna wear socks. Mm-hmm. we have carpet, it's nice and comfortable mm-hmm. um, so I put socks on, and I was like, oh. I put my shoes on and I was like, "Ooh, they're like little jails for my feet."
1: <laughs> Man, you sounded like a huge hippie right
0: there. I, I mean, it was a, it was the weirdest feeling though. Like, ha- have you ever had that experience when you're like, "This would have been normal last week"? But
1: I have. It had hasn't
0: happened long enough. Not
1: with my shoes, but with pants, yeah. where I wore. Um, you know, la- uh, let's see, not last year, but 2020 when we had the lockdown, I was working at a school at that time. So I was stuck at home for six months with without just working from home. And so I wore sweatpants every day. And yeah. so the first time putting on pants when I actually like after six months of wearing sweats,
0: I was like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I get that and then so my first day back was last wednesday and then thursday was when the weather hit the fan yeah so like the first week and a half of the new year i had worked one day that's wild because we we closed thursday and friday
1: that's wild huh. so i
0: just like i went into work monday and i was just like hi i'm john some <laughs> of y'all me? might have forgotten me <laughs>
1: and now they're calling for more snow on sunday and uh, nobody can decide how much it's going to be, that's, and um, that's what I've seen. We Do we you... watch the upper combo, upper Cumberland guy on. Uh, he's got his own website. Okay. And um, he's usually really accurate. And he had like this huge rant about how annoyed he gets when news stations are just saying like all the different amounts, and then he posted this picture. And it's just this big purple bubble around middle Tennessee. And it says, uh, chance of snow one inch to 78 inches. And then in parentheses, it says somewhere in that ballpark, possibly, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, he sounds like a meteorologist. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's there's a, there's a Twitter account that I follow. Um, it's the, the Nash severe weather twitter account i don't know if you've encountered it or not but I have they're, not they're super great and they said something to that extent where it was like listen we know something's going to happen but it's too far out to say what yeah that's so yeah. prepare mm-hmm. like be responsible but don't like don't buy all the bread and milk it's going to spoil anyway i mean yeah
1: if the power goes out that's going to be the first thing to go bad You're going to have to have French toast immediately. Darn. I know. Over
0: a a campfire outside. Yeah. Because the power went out and you can't use your stove.
1: That's right. Unless you're prepared and you have a a camp stove that you can use.
0: (laughs) I don't trust people who have camp stoves and they don't have like other camping equipment like if that's the only just a camp stove. (laughs) if that's the only thing you have like you don't camp but you have a camp stove like i'm gonna have dry cereal and i'm gonna like it (laughs) straight up that's what's gonna happen
1: yeah well um so i know you've been out for a while and um i'm glad so glad you're feeling better Uh, so, welcome to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, of course, is Muhammad Ali, who punched COVID in the face and won, eventually KO in the fifth round.
0: It was not it was not quite a uh, a first round TKO, but uh, I have outlasted.
1: Good job, you you made it all the rounds, and the judges decided you are victorious. Yes. So proud of you!
0: I'm parading around my little studio room right now. There's yeah. there's other music going on, but you know it's not it's not getting recorded right now because DMCA is a terrible, stupid thing.
1: Mm. Well, what? Let's start with what we've been doing since it's been a long time since they've talked to you. It has. Um, so fill us in. What what have you been up to?
0: I really hadn't been doing a whole lot of anything. Um, but probably a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, um, I finally decided to start playing the Halo Infinite campaign. Oh, wow. Okay. And I have been having a blast. Okay. So it's good. It's, it's good. It's adapting to it being open world because Halo previously has been just linear, Mm -hmm. just mission, 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 mission um but going towards open world it's been so much fun um that's honestly that's really been it everything else just kind of like stalled out so
1: so is mass obviously you play as master chief mm -hmm. now is he can you customize master chief
0: in this story mode not in the campaign no you can customize like which guns that you use and you can generate equipment. Um, did you did you ever play the Division Two? Yes. Okay. So you know how there were the different areas of the map that you had to take the um, the bases, mm-hmm. and then you could like fast travel around, and you could generate equipment and that type of thing yeah so that's kind of the the setup of the open world and in infinite is there's various they call them forward operating bases that you can take and it unlocks that area of the map for the mini missions and side missions and all of that all that kind of stuff and you can find um like customization options for multiplayer which is cool mm. but i mean obviously master chief himself is is a stagnant character He hasn't changed in 20 years.
1: Okay, so the equipment you pick up is equipment that's then used for multiplayer.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: very cool. So, so far, so good. You would recommend it?
0: Absolutely. I have been playing it through um, Game Pass on PC, Mm -hmm. which is a very, very underrated game. mechanism to play xbox games so there's a it's a pretty decent sized library on there um, if you're a pc person like i am very good
1: Might have to check that out for myself because then i'm assuming then you could play like if you had a game that you downloaded on your pc then you could also play it on your xbox i'm assuming
0: theoretically i would think the library, I think it. I would expect it to be kind of a Venn diagram of the things that are on PC and the things that are on Xbox consoles, but with a lot of overlap in the middle.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: And I mean, especially with with something like Halo, where it is an Xbox title, like yeah, you're going to be able to play that. Okay. Like, I I could probably cross play multiplayer on my PC with people on Xbox consoles. Nice. All right. Oh, I would, that's I would, really I would, neat. I would, and you texted me the other day saying you have started playing through one of the most underrated games I think of the 2010s
1: yes so far I think the same thing because um it was a game that I had heard people talk about occasionally and um kind of just in passing but it never really got a lot of attention but it was titanfall 2 and um right there actually christmas Day and then following, uh, they had some huge sales on Xbox. And uh, Titanfall, it was on there for, I think, like $5. And it was like the whole thing, like the just all the DLC kind of stuff, like Game of the Year edition type of thing. And um, I've been playing through the campaign, and it is so much fun. I love that game.
0: Yeah. Do you have... Um, Let's see how much I remember this game because I played through it three or four years ago. Um, Do you have like Titan abilities or certain guns uh, that you that you have gravitated towards or are you still kind of unlocking stuff as you go and using what you get as you get it?
1: Yeah, as far as like um, the Titan, while using the Titan itself, um, I've got, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like this, it's almost like a, Grenade launcher or rocket launcher, and after you shoot somebody three times, it locks on to them, and then you press the the right bumper or something, and then it it fires like a whole bunch of missiles at them. A lot of them, yeah. Yeah, that's probably been my favorite gun so far.
0: It's so satisfying. To it is because you can use it on like the the grunt enemies too, and it'll lock on like everything separately. It's great for like for AOE.
1: Yeah. And, um, and then as far as like the pilot, um, I use the flatline and the shotgun.
0: Does it, does Titanfall just have the one shotgun?
1: There's two. There's one that like, I don't know, like the little HUD is like spread out and it kind of shoots more. It spreads it out more. And then there's just like a regular like pump action shotgun.
0: Okay. Because I'm trying to, because a lot of the, not all of them, but a lot of the guns overlap with Titanfall and Apex Legends. Yes, they do. So, like, when you mentioned the Flatline, I I love the Flatline. It's, it's such a great It's my favorite. Gun. It's great. So I was wondering if you were using, if it was, like, the Eva 8 or the Peacemaker. Um, I, I think it's called the Peace. No, it's called Eva 8. The, okay, yeah. The Eva 8 is, uh, it's actually a pretty decent gun in Apex Legends right now, I think, or at least maybe sometime last like vaguely last year it was meta if you will it just um, it fits
1: the way that i play because i i am a um I, i'm just i'm more of a uh i'm gonna dive into the middle of the fight yeah. and just and, like for the most part i'm just gonna punch everybody
0: <laughs> well those are the guns to do that with for sure and then
1: blow and then blow everybody away with the shotgun yeah
0: <laughs> Have you, have you gotten to the Smart Pistol yet? No. Oh, buddy. The Smart Pistol is, at least, so in Titanfall 1 multiplayer, it was the most busted gun I think I had ever seen. And I played, like, old school Call of Duty games where guns were, like, broken, broken. It, there's a, there's a gun in Titanfall that auto-locks onto enemies, Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's so fun. Because you, you have to, like, vaguely look at them, and then the it's... Do you remember that movie, Wanted? Yes. Where it would, like, curve the bullet, and, like, gravity isn't real. Like, that's the kind of gun the, the auto pistol is. And it's so much fun to just, like... You want to talk about getting into the middle of stuff? It's... You just don't even have to aim. <laughs> that's it's fantastic. E- it's easy mode. It's yeah. so much fun.
1: Yeah. It's, uh... Man... It is it is a blast so I uh, highly recommend it if you've never played it before uh, it came out in 2016 so it's a little old
0: but man it holds up well and like Jay said initially it came out in 2016 which means you can find it a couple of times a year I mm. think for that really really good sale I would think so so I I would it absolutely has my ringing endorsement to thumbs up really really fun campaign
1: yeah yeah other than that uh i've been watching the witcher oh it's so good and uh i I love that show so much and um i can't really think oh i started watching i started re-watching uh band of brothers did you ever watch band of brothers um hbo I
0: i remember starting band of brothers but i don't remember ever finishing it
1: it's it is really good i forgot how good it is Until I started it up again and I was like, wow, this is like some good quality stuff.
0: Yeah. I want to say I still have my DVD set of it. So I might try to try to rewatch it. I think I have DVD sets of Band of Brothers and the first season of The Wire. And both of those are like, they're, they're very highly regarded, Mm -hmm. but they're that era of HBO when it's like, all right, listen, it's good. It's high quality but it might not be the most exciting thing you ever watch. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the, the hump for me to get over is like, I know this is good, but it hasn't grabbed me yet. So I don't know. I I may give it a shot here soon.
1: Yeah. I know most guys, especially any guy listening over the age of 25, as soon as I said, band of brothers, they're all like, Oh yeah, man, this
0: show's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, that's, uh, hadn't been much, hadn't been a whole lot going on here.
0: Yeah. It's been, so I've, I've finished season two of the Witcher, three episodes of book of Boba Fett. I watched Spider-Man like I've, I've watched the things that I think matter. Yes. Like peace. What is it? Peacemaker peacekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. It's started. I think they're doing the weekly release thing. Like, like TV shows used to do before Netflix. Um, but I just don't care. I If I found it, like, watch the whole thing, maybe. But, like, I don't know. His character, like, I didn't want his character to live. And I feel like that kind of sums up how I feel about him having a show. Mm. I'm sure it's done well. I just don't care.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, if you have any opinions on anything that we've talked about so far, we would love to hear from you. Um, So please reach out to us and let us know what you think. A couple ways that you can reach out to us. You can go to our website, theydidn'taskuspod.com. There you can listen to our episodes. You can also listen, or uh, not listen, but you can uh, read a bio on us, And uh, and then there's also a little place down at the bottom that you can leave your thoughts and opinions, and we would love to hear from you. You can also follow us, um, or rather, you can email us. They didn't ask us at gmail.com, and then you can follow us on Twitter, TDAU, T D A U underscore pod.
0: That is, I I have been underutilizing Twitter. And I realized that, but I am going to get back at it. Yeah, I
1: um, I just started recently getting back on Twitter, and um, I do love it. There are some really funny things on Twitter. I follow a lot of comedians. Yeah, and uh, it's it's good stuff.
0: You follow a lot of comedians and some people who tell jokes for a living. Yeah, hey, hey, got him. <laughs> Well, today, well, actually,
1: before we get into the main review, um, gosh, we got a lot to catch up on. Um, so, unfortunately, we were going to review Boba Fett chapters 1, 2, and 3. Unfortunately, I have not seen chapter 3 yet, so okay. we will only be reviewing the first two. And um, we also have the ending of Hawkeye. And we also—is that it?
0: I think we just had the finale left of Hawkeye, and then we'll just do the first two of Book of Boba Fett.
1: Okay. So we should probably start with Hawkeye. Um, I'm gonna have to uh, really reach back into my memory file here and uh, pull up what happened I that last up episode. The
0: Wikipedia synopsis.
1: I know I enjoyed it.
0: Oh yeah. I I have it ready if you want me to, to yeah, go, go right ahead. Okay. So the Hawkeye, um, I think I will, I will call it the season finale. It could have a second. I don't expect it to, but it could. Um, the finale is called. So this is Christmas uh, as Eleanor. And meets that with song him,
1: was never played in that episode. And it bugged me <laughs> so bad when that
0: episode ended. Oh my gosh not once did it play that's funny um <laughs> i was not expecting that um as eleanor meets with kingpin to break off their partnership barton and bishop watch a recording of them and learn that eleanor killed armand and framed duquesne <gasps> right on, on christmas eve barton and bishop attend eleanor's holiday party where Bishop confronts her mother and learns her father owed money to Kingpin, leading to Eleanor working with him. Kazi attempts to assassinate Eleanor on on Kingpin's orders, but targets Barton instead. Barton enlists help from Grills, the LARPers, and Duquesne to evacuate the party before rejoining Bishop to defeat the tracksuit mafia. After Lopez incapacitates Kazi, bishop attempts to look for eleanor while barton is confronted by belova who demands the truth of natasha romanov's death they fight but he reminds her of his friendship with romanov and her sacrifice to save the entire universe belova spares him and leaves kingpin tries to stop eleanor from escaping but bishop arrives and incapacitates him with barton's trick arrows Afterwards, Eleanor is arrested by the police for Armand's murder. Kingpin escapes, but is confronted by Lopez as a gunshot is heard. The next day, Barton returns to his family with Bishop and Lucky and returns to, returns the watch to Laura and burns the Ronin suit. The end. The end. So, I want to start off by saying... I don't think Kingpin is dead. No, no, definitely not. I think he has to be the villain of um the Echo spinoff series. Yes. In in some form or fashion.
1: I would be willing to bet a lot of money that she points the gun at him and pulls the trigger but has the gun slightly off so that the bullet just skims him. Just shoot. And then says something like, almost in a uh, uh, Batman uh, Return of the Dark Knight type of feel, like, I want you to remember this, that I could have killed you right here and now, but I didn't.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think she shoots him. You do? I think she doesn't. I think she, like, kneecaps him or something.
1: Oh. Give him a better uh, excuse for using a cane?
0: Yeah. <laughs> just because i i was kind of disappointed at how kate was able to beat him like don't get me wrong it was a really cool I mean, fight it was a struggle and but seeing him in daredevil he's this mythic figure and just the fact that she is she goes from oh you know i'm i'm good at archery i'm a gymnast but I am kind of pretending to be a hero. To the end of it, she single-handedly takes down a big bad. Using all of the trick arrows and using them well, I I will say, but it just felt kind of like, I don't know. Do you think... I hear you. I hear what
1: you're saying. But I will say, do you think that maybe Kingpin was just kind of like... In a way he was like underestimating her. Like he I would he, absolutely he expect him to. He didn't really put up his guard. He didn't fight as hard as he probably could have because he just was like, Oh, this is just a little girl. Like yeah, this I think, isn't something I think that's I entirely. So maybe that's why she was able to put a bigger beating on him, but not so much so that he died or anything. I mean he got away. He was able to just walk away. Um yeah. well limp away stumble
0: yeah yeah um but i thought i thought the choreography because i i mean i watched this the day it released and we're recording this the second week of january so it's a little it's a little hazy but i remember being really impressed with Mm -hmm. um the the like the scene on the ice oh yeah i remember really enjoying um the Kingpin fight I remember enjoying. And I remember just the kind of how silly it was that, you know, the, the LARPers are staffing the party and they <laughs> are actually helpful. Yeah. And like Jack with the sword is actually helpful. And mm. I was like, this is weird, but I dig it. Yeah. It fit.
1: Yeah. I didn't feel out of place or anything. It, it fit well with, really the whole series and because um, they had been kind of playing that up for a while so you're like okay now we actually get to see this uh, yeah you know come true um, I, I I will say my one of my biggest complaints was um, I didn't like the scene between uh, Bart and um, uh, Natasha's sister Elena. yeah I didn't like that it felt very Martha. I think that's fair, and um, and so I and and for those that may not understand what I mean, if you saw a uh, Batman v Superman, um, Batman's about to pretty much kill Superman, and then uh, Superman says, you know, think of Martha or something like that, and then yeah. Batman's like. Why'd you say my that name? My Why'd mom, you say that name? My and mom's
0: then, name was Martha, and yeah, yeah. then, and then <laughs> Superman's like, my mom's name is Martha. What? And they're holding her hostage, and that's the whole reason I'm here. And then and they it's, become it's, best friends, it, essentially. But it is—it is kind of a really not kind of. It's a really dumb scene, dude. Did we just become best friends? Yeah. Do you want to do go like, go to karate in the garage? it's like if that scene from Step Brothers was like really gritty and down to or like, yeah. like if that scene from Step Brothers was in like raging bull <laughs> yeah. and the boxers are fighting and it's like, Oh, I, I, I guess we're friends now. I don't know, <laughs> but it, I, I see where you're coming from. It is very rapid is what I would say. Yeah. Because it's, I don't know that I would truly call it heavy handed so much as it is like it, it happens so quickly. It doesn't match up with the way Yelena has behaved in the rest of the season. Like, I think what would have
1: made more sense to me or what I would have, I think what, how I would have enjoyed that scene better is if, uh, um, if Clint had, uh, just like basically just put a beating on her and, and like almost like help, like in a way, like kind of like held her up against the wall and was like, Listen to me. This is what happened. This is why your sister died. She did it to save humanity. I didn't want her to do that. I tried to sacrifice myself, but she essentially beat me to it. Yeah. She was the better person. She was able to, to do like that
0: I would have been like, okay, good. I don't think by the end of by the end of the season, I mean you have to think Clint isn't in peak condition anymore right no, I mean, he's pretty rough his his peak was probably when he was the ronin so I would think so either that he, or maybe even got, the first avengers movie <laughs> he's got six years on from that probably i mean give or take well no because how long after the the re the re-blip whatever does does this take place do you know
1: uh no, I don't. I don't. Know. I mean, long
0: enough for them to have made a musical. Ugh, too long. Um, just because Yelena is, I mean, probably the best she's ever going to be at this time, like when this takes place. So I don't know that there was ever a situation in which Clint could beat her because she has every advantage. She has all of her gadgets. She knows him. Yeah. Because I mean, she trained with Natasha, and Natasha had trained with him already. So yeah i imagine she knows more about him than probably 99 percent of people and i think the way it had to end was she walks away Mm -hmm. but the fact that she walks away leaves her character on the table for subsequent plots like the fact that they now have some kind of relationship i want to see them work together in secret avengers i want to see them team up because it's like, oh, well, we have this Black Widow. We have this, this guy who was best friends with the other Black Widow. Let's see kind of how, let's explore this dynamic a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would like to see that too. That'd be awesome. Well, it ends and um, they get rid of the Ronin suit.
0: Um, they get the watch back. Um, and then we have, I would, I'm gonna go ahead and call it the single most unsatisfying after credit credit scene. credit scene, yeah, of the MCU so far. Definitely. That includes the dumb Howard the Duck scene after mm. what was it Guardians, where it was like just like ten seconds of, oh yeah, Howard the Duck exists. This yep. is more unsatisfying than it that. was. I agree. It was a full musical number from the steve rogers musical and it was i re-
1: we watched the entire thing and the last like maybe 30 seconds of it uh, i was like you know what i'm beginning to think that this is all that there's going to be i don't think there's going to be anything after this because i thought for sure there'd be like a cameo at the end that's exactly you what, know like, somebody the whole in the crowd. And it wasn't. It was, was literally so just mad. the music number and I was like, What
0: the heck is this? <laughs> I was I was visibly not thrilled. <sighs> but that led into Spider Man because It did it, the the season finale of Hawkeye came out what, like the day before Something Spider-Man like that came out? Yeah. And I mean we saw Spider Man. So it came, when did it, I think it technically came out on, on Friday. We managed to see it Thursday night. Oh, wow. So we saw it like pre, not pre-release cause it wasn't official showing. Like it was legit. Um, but we saw it super, super early and oh my word. First of all, we'll get into this in a bit. The movie is incredible, but equally as incredible as this movie was the emotional weight we got to shed by not having to worry about spoilers. Oh, yeah, Because we saw it before everyone. That <laughs> uh, Yeah.
1: I bet. Because <laughs> that's what I was scared of the whole time. In fact, I had a client who came in, and it was the day that I was going to go see it, and um, I told him that I was young boy, young, young kid, and he, I told him I was going to go see it that night. And... Um, he started to tell me something about it. And I covered my ears, and I was like, no,
0: no, 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 no. Stop Stop it, kid.
1: Don't do it. And he was like, no, it's not anything huge. I said, I don't care. I don't want anything told about this movie. I don't know a thing, except for what I've seen in the previews. Yeah. And uh, luckily, he didn't spoil anything. But uh, we we will spoil a lot. So if you haven't seen this movie... Or these shows, and you want to, um, should probably pause this now and, uh, come back after you've watched it. Just so you know.
0: Yeah. In case you didn't get that from reading the Hawkeye synopsis and then... Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, let's jump into Book of Boba Fett. Let's cover this, uh, pretty quick. Um, you know, basically if you saw, if you've seen any of The Mandalorian, then you Pretty much knew, you know, basically what was going to happen. Um, you know, Boba Fett is taking over for uh, the huts or, or the palace anyway. And uh, so he's kind of rising up this uh, gang of uh, criminals. I have synopses available if you would like. Uh, I don't know if it's necessary. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. OK, wouldn't you say? Cause then, uh, I mean, the biggest reveals are, um, well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but, uh, episodes one and two just kind of, they do a really good job. I thought for the first two episodes of kind of setting the stage for this whole series and, uh, you know, takes place on Tatooine and, uh, uh, Boba Fett is, uh, like I said, taking over for this criminal family and is, you know, um, you know, everybody's coming and paying tribute. You know, saying, "Hey, uh, you know, protect us." Basically, you know, you want our protection. You're gonna pay us, and uh, everything is going fairly well, except for uh, the. What we find out in episode two is the the twins. Uh, Their hut twins, Jabba's um, brother and sister, cousins i don't I, even know that there's an i don't established know if they really relation. say relation
0: i think it's just a pair of H- uh they're slugs reading the synopsis they are two of Jabba's cousins a pair of huts known as the twins
1: okay and uh they kind of show up and they're basically uh, with a uh a very um tough looking chewy it's not chewy it's he's it's actually a, a Wookie.
0: Wookiee bounty hunter
1: bounty hunter yeah first he's... appeared
0: in the uh, Darth Vader comic book series and currently appearing in the dr Afra series I'm hoping so he originated from oh the comic dr books.
1: afra okay I know I know this character yeah I didn't realize that okay that's pretty cool uh so he's definitely um, crunchy he's not very chewy and um, he uh but basically, the huts are like, uh, "We're coming for you, so you better watch out." Except they're more like, "You don't talk, you know. And so I didn't know you were fluent. <laughs> <laughs> I know my, I, I speak fat slug. <laughs> it's my nickname in high school.
0: <laughs> God it. Uh,
1: that that shouldn't um, have been funny. So, but uh, yeah, it. Um, I guess the only, the the, the kind of side thing that's happening, though, that I have just fully enjoyed. First off, it starts out, Boba Fett's in the uh, Sarlacc pit, so we get to see his escape. That was, I loved it. I, what did you think, John? I, I, was, I was curious to know what you thought.
0: It wasn't quite as dramatic as I expected it to be. Mm. Like, it was very straightforward of like, ah. He's being digested, but his armor. So he he's in he's in the sarlacc, and he like turns and he sees this like partially disintegrated stormtrooper, and the stormtrooper armor is just shredded because it's like glorified styrofoam, <laughs> and it really establishes to me the difference between stormtrooper armor and then the the beskar armor, the Mandalorian armor that Boba yeah. Fett wears. Yeah he really does because he is clawing his way out and he he lives and he has no business living but he does because his equipment is better Yep,
1: yeah. and and he does i mean he you know he's kind of running out of air i think that's part of the reason why he woke up he still he steals air from the uh stormtrooper and um but then uses like his flamethrower and is able to to get out, you know, eventually. Um, I don't know. It was, uh, it was pretty, pretty incredible. I, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. So he gets out and immediately is, uh, well, he passes out. He's scarred really bad from the, I mean, you can just assume it's from the,
0: from the acid, the the
1: acid and the Sarlacc. And, um, and then he, he, he gets caught by, um, sand people, but, eventually becomes friends with the sand people and helps them to the point that they accept him as one of their own
0: yeah i was that was honestly the most impressive thing that book of boba fett has done so far to me is they did more character development for the tuscans in what would you say like 20 minutes yeah than the previous 45 years of star wars yeah that's pretty incredible I was I was very impressed.
1: Yeah, it was neat because you know we've always just seen them as just these like almost like maniac type of people that sound like donkeys and, but it turns out that you know they they do have a story they have a culture. Um, yes, they are. I mean, they are still killers, obviously, but they have they have kind of their own culture and um, uh, just seems like they're kind of misunderstood maybe a little bit and. I think so. um, but yeah, I mean, man, gosh, I thought that was, that's probably been the best part of the whole series so far, is just seeing all that. And we we also got a history of uh, Tatooine, which I thought was cool. So at one time, it was uh, oceans, mm-hmm. and then it turned into desert. So it was Waterworld, and now it's Dune.
0: Aww. Oh, one of those movies is good. <laughs> it's Dune. Yes,
1: Waterworld is
0: a very good movie. You're right, John. <laughs> Yep, that's me Known for my appreciation of all things Kevin Costner Now that I say that I genuinely don't know what I would say my favorite Kevin Costner movie is I'm struggling Uh, Robin Hood I've never seen the Kevin Costner Robin Hood
1: It's good It it is very good It does It will bother you that he does not even Try to
0: attempt a British accent At all i feel like it would bother me if i had heard i feel like i feel like kevin costner trying a british accent would bother me more than him not trying it because well like, it, it, like cumberbatch's new york accent as dr strange not great no and it is distracting mm-hmm. because we know what benedict cumberbatch sound cumberbatch, cumberbatch. <laughs> We know what Benedict <laughs> Cumberbatch sounds like normally. That's hilarious, Floridian and I hope, I hope you keep it so bad. I will keep that for um. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but we know we know what he sounds like normally, so hearing him as Doctor Strange is like, well, strange. Aye. There it is. There it is. There it is. I did the thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. We're, I mean, we're rabbit holing. I... It's it's supposed to be one of the better Robin Hood adaptations, isn't it? I,
1: I thought so. Uh, I mean, I really do like Robin Hood Men in Tights.
0: It well, I mean, is the the gold standard Robin Hood adaptations is Disney cartoon <laughs> with the <laughs> with the fox and everything with the fo- with all the animals <laughs> and then Men in Tights of the of the ones that I've seen of the ones that I've seen. Um, and then it is, to me personally, the BBC show. They have a Robin Hood show It's like three seasons. Oh, see, I never saw that. Um, and then it's the Russell Crowe movie. Mm, Russell Crowe's movie somewhere way down. See, like... but that's, I think that to my knowledge, that is the extent of the Robin Hood media that I have. Oh, right. Okay, I see what you're saying. Partaken. So it is the bottom. Cause I didn't see that. I didn't see the new one with Jamie Foxx and the, the kid from Kingsman. I didn't see that. No, I didn't see that one either. And I, it doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. Kevin Costner, uh, his version
1: of, of Robin hood. It is very good. I do think it's one of those things that I wonder if they got him more for just like, Hey, I think he would be good at this role. And then later they were like, can you do a North England british accent and he was like <laughs> N- i can give it a try and then they heard it and they were like "God, ah, nah just don't worry about it <laughs> i
0: think i i would i mean obviously i wasn't there because that movie was made like when i was born but like i would all but guarantee that's what happened they were like listen dances with wolves came out you are a tier we need to make this movie we're casting you regardless but while we've got you, <laughs> can you try this thing real quick? And then it was like, have you ever heard a British person try to do a southern accent? Oh, yeah. It'd be like but, that. Yeah. It's like borderline insulting. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe you shouldn't. I, yeah. I, I bet that's like Daniel
1: Craig and Knives
0: Out. <laughs> yes, That's so bad. It's, like, it's good, I I though. appreciate you trying, but i'm sorry you you can't (laughs) yeah i know what you actually sound like and it's not that and it's distracting so anyway back to (laughs) yeah so what are we
1: reviewing oh yeah boba fett (laughs) um yeah so far though the series i've really enjoyed it i i have obviously i haven't seen episode three so i can't say like um as of
0: this past wednesday if it still holds up um I think having having seen episode 3 the most exciting thing to me is how much it builds on each other and to me at least it does feel like it's getting better. I think okay. I think so I have all the synopses in front of me um and I'm reading them just to make sure I think episode two is the best episode so far, because episode two is really good. Um, And we'll get into episode three more uh, in our next episode. But I didn't expect to like this, to be completely honest with you. I thought that there was no reason that Book of Boba Fett should exist. Um, You know, Boba Fett is a more mythic character than he really had any right to be he right. had he had like four lines in the original trilogy but he was this before i would say before the prequel trilogy really took off and you had like you had clone wars and you kind of delved into that aspect of extending the universe boba fett was the first cult character of star mm-hmm. wars Mm -hmm. and
1: there was never started by complete accident too that's what's really funny
0: and there was never really a, a reason for it other than like he was the the star wars equivalent of the clint eastwood man with no name like he's this mythic like legendary bounty hunter but that's it no one knows why no one knows kind of the things that he could do and then he is he's killed by accident in what was then the the finale of Star Wars. At the very beginning, he's killed by accident. Oops. <laughs> but now that now that the show exists, like I am very excited for when each episode comes out because I want to know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm now invested in what happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with everything you just said. That's that's exactly how I feel about it. So I, I've, I'm excited to see what they do with it. And uh, so far, I've enjoyed
0: it. So we'll just uh, stay and, tuned, I guess. I tell you what I just thought of, Jay, and you might... I think you would agree with me on this. The fact that a show that I initially deemed non-essential being this good so far really, really ups the standard for shows that I would care about. Mm. So Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, like these shows that I need to be excellent, I have a much higher expectation now.
1: Oh man, that's dangerous. I know. Uh
0: Star I'm, Wars. I'm
1: not thrilled about that. Is Disney building them or digging themselves a hole?
0: Very potentially. Can you build a hole?
1: I started like to a, say, are they building themselves a hole? But that—that's not the right phrase. But can you build a hole? Maybe if it's intentional.
0: I feel like that's a, like a theoretical question that I'm not prepared for. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sorry, I, we, we're getting deep now. <laughs> can you build a hole? Yes, because you can build a swimming pool, like an in-ground pool. Okay. Yeah. So assembled. if you're going to
1: turn the hole into something else, I think I think so. Okay. So maybe maybe Disney is digging themselves a hole, but they'll learn how to turn that hole into something beautiful.
0: What is this, Antiques Roadshow? <laughs> oh, yes. This is from the uh, 2020s era. It is a very nice mini miniseries. Um, very well done. This is my, I'm kind of a judge on a, on a PBS show voice. It's very calm. <laughs> very even keeled.
1: Um, do you remember, do you remember the Geico commercials where the guy would say, um, you know, he like looks like an agent or something and he's like, did you know Geico can save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did you also know that? And then he would say some random thing I think and so. then, and then it would jump to that thing. And he said, did you know that? two in the hand or uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush and then it goes to an antique roadshow and there's a sculpture and there's a hand with a bird in it and then the guy looks at it and goes well uh just judging by this i would have to say it's worth two in the bush <laughs> I don't,
0: I don't and know the, the owner the is like yes yes they get so excited <laughs> I know the style of commercial you're talking about, but I don't know that I remember that one specifically. That sounds uh, hilarious. That it's really good. It's oh, good. That's absolutely the That's absolutely the voice I was going for. <laughs> you nailed it. Yes.
1: So, moving into Spider Man. Cool. No way home. I don't
0: even. I don't even, know yeah. that there's a good way to talk about what happens in this. To be completely honest with you, I'm
1: gonna. I'm gonna start by saying I had very low expectations for this movie.
0: You had dangerously low expectations for this movie. I did. I was. Sony has
1: a very good job. Sony does a very good job of taking something that is going so well, and then they just completely take a dump on it. Unintentionally. They think they're doing something amazing, and it's not. And so, the more rumors that came out about this movie, the more my expectations started going down, because my fear was... (sighs) They're just doing Spider Verse, but they're doing it live action. That was my whole thought process, and I was like, "We already got Spider Verse. I keep Spider Verse with Spider Verse. I don't want that live action."
0: Well, I mean, oh man, was I wrong? (laughs) So I was, I was kind of on the other end of the expectation uh, spectrum. Just because the closer it got, the more I was building it up because I was just like, this movie can't be bad. It can't be bad. Like I wouldn't like in my head mentally, I wouldn't let it be bad because I was like the homecoming is so good. And far from home is a Spider-Man movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But Yeah. But it ends in such a way that it's like, oh, well, we have to set this up for for something and then you know looking at trailers looking at posters i i followed some of the uh of the leaks a lot of them i tried to to steer clear from but as they came out i was just like man this is this is going to be good and then it was <laughs> and then some yeah do you I think, the, I think the Wikipedia plot summary of this is pretty readable. Would you like me to attempt it? Is it long? Define long. Because we can probably summarize it pretty
1: good, and then as we're summarizing it, we could kind of like go along and say, oh yeah, this was something I liked. It is five paragraphs. Why don't we just start with the general statement that this movie picks up exactly where the last one left off.
0: I think I mean I think we could do paragraph at a time. We wouldn't have to do all. Five okay, by well, nine. okay, we could do that. Yeah, do that. Okay. Um, after Quentin Beck frames Peter Parker for murder and reveals his identity as Spider-Man, Parker, his girlfriend MJ, best friend Ned Leeds, and Aunt May are interrogated by the Department of Damage Control. Lawyer Matt Murdock gets Peter's charges dropped but the group grapples with negative publicity after Peter MJ and Ned's MIT applications are rejected. Peter goes to the New York Sanctum Sanctorum to ask Dr. Strange for help. Strange suggests a spell that would make people forget Parker is Spider-Man, but the spell is corrupted when Parker repeatedly requests alterations to let his loved ones retain their memories. Strange contains the spell to stop it from working and makes Peter leave. That is the first paragraph of the plot of this movie.
1: Yeah. So Peter and uh MJ are dating. They're together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, they've been together for about a week, I think it is. They've been
0: officially been dating. They start dating, what would you say, like halfway through far from home, two thirds of the way through.
1: Yeah, but I say a week because I think Peter literally says a week.
0: Yeah. Like it not or long,
1: or not very long and and uh he's like, "You know, this has been like the best week of my life and it's because that you finally know that I'm Spider-Man." Yeah. And I'm not having to hide that from you anymore. Um Happy's in his uh CPAP mask on the recliner. <laughs> that was a funny scene. And um yeah. So, uh, but you know, everybody's, uh, you know, knows that Peter is Spider-Man and, uh, you know, he's not really having to hide it anymore. Although he's still trying to be just him, his, himself. He's his trying to, to
0: maintain privacy, but he becomes that ultra celebrity when you know, like you can't hide, like there are helicopters outside of his, I mean, they have, I would call that an apartment. Yeah. It's Yeah. And it's like news helicopters 24-7, because he's not, because, I mean, Matt Murdock gets his charges dropped, so he's not a criminal, which, take a second to talk about that, because one, I, I'm i not going to say I was the only person who, it was a very easy theory to come up with, but I did, I did call that in the lead up to the movie. Definitely. I said, like charlie cox as matt murdoch is going to be peter's lawyer in some context and that's how he gets introduced and especially, for me go ahead especially well i was gonna say especially in the wake of the kingpin reveal in hawkeye like right come on we all knew it was gonna happen
1: and for me that was the best my favorite scene of the whole movie was when matt a brick is thrown through the window and Matt catches the brick before it hits Peter and Peter just looks over at him and turns his head and it's like how'd you do that and Matt's
0: like i'm, <laughs> I'm a, a really good lawyer i'm a really good lawyer <laughs> and it's it's funny for it it's dramatic irony at its finest because the the again the concept of dramatic irony is the audience knows something that characters don't so the audience obviously knows Matt Murdock is Daredevil but no one else knows that because canonically who who in the MCU would know that like yeah, maybe um, maybe four people total yeah so i'm very excited for what that means for him going forward um personally i expect not not i hope i expect to see him in the echo show i think that's a very easy jump from a to b
1: i expect to see him in the Echo Show, and I also fully expect to see him in the next Spider-Man movie.
0: I think that's, yeah, I think that's entirely fair. Um, But I had a a very close friend who is a massive Daredevil fan. She reached out to me after she saw Spider-Man, and she was just like, that's it? (laughs) He's in the movie for maybe, maybe... Five minutes and it's great, like you said. It's five wonderful minutes of this movie, but it's not like he. It's not a Daredevil movie with Spider-Man in it. No, it's a Spider-Man movie with Matt Murdock in it. It's very not even Daredevil. It's very much like a. And I know you shouldn't actually do this because bread is bad for birds, but it's like throwing a bread, like a piece of bread, to a group of geese. Like there, fight over that. It's all you get for right now. It's, like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. it's more than we had before, but it's less than we wanted.
1: Yes. Yep. Yep. That's it.
0: All right. Second paragraph. Um, <sighs> Peter tries to convince an MIT administrator to reconsider MJ and Ned's applications, but is attacked by Otto Octavius. Octavius rips Parker's nanotechnology from his iron spider suit which bonds with his mechanical tentacles and allows Peter to disable them. (laughs) As Norman Osborn arrives and attacks, Strange teleports Peter back to the Sanctum and locks Octavius in a cell next to Kurt Connors. Strange explains that before he was able to contain the corrupted spell, it summoned some people from other universes who know Spider-Man's identity. He orders Parker, MJ, and Ned To find and capture them, they are able to locate and retrieve Max Dillon and Flint Marco, also known as Electro and Sandman. I loved that
1: scene on the bridge. I loved when the nanotechnology took over Otto's uh, arms and Peter was able to move his arms around and he's giggling (laughs) the whole time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I... That scene is, I would say, one of the biggest regrets I have of this movie. Just because that was in so many trailers and TV spots and, like, clips that got put on Twitter. And that scene is so good. It is. But sitting there watching it in the theater, it wasn't satisfying because I had seen it already. And
1: it's very reminiscent of the scene of spider-man at the the bridge in new york and the first one against green goblin where he's trying to save the tram that's going across the the bridge uh it was very similar
0: yeah i tell you what jay i have not seen the sam Raimi spider-man movies in a long time they're
1: they hold up they're very good well two of them two of them hold
0: up two of them yes yeah, yeah yeah that's fair one of them is hilarious Yes. So, do you want? Do you want to know what dinner was yesterday, Jay? So, pizza time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> pizza time. <laughs> um, but I, I think I still think Doc Ock in Spider-Man Two is the best Spider-Man villain performance we have had to date. So getting that character again is so satisfying because he's such a cerebral but also like incredibly powerful villain Mm -hmm. and i mean he he overpowers peter immediately yeah and i mean mcu parker has the iron spider suit which is the it's years ahead of anything either other spider-man would have attained the the sam raimi spider-man the Um, The Amazing Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. They're not touching any of the tech that the Tom Holland Spider-Man has. They don't get close to it. And Doc Ock still, in like under a minute, has him incapacitated. And it's just, it's so fun because he's like, wait, he has this immediate realization. I know who Spider-Man is, and it's not you. What's wrong? Like, what's going on? And then it leads into this, like, throughout the rest of the movie, he, like, kind of works with Peter while still, like, knowing he's a villain. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very interesting dynamic going forward because as a scientist, he's fascinated by the technology and the things that he can do, but he's still from a different... Like, I don't know. I The dynamic of, of him specifically being pulled in was so fun. Yeah, and um, the, you know, one
1: thing that I really liked about this movie is um, they did a really good job of reminding you how young this Peter Parker is. Because one thing that they they show a lot in this movie that they, it's not that they haven't shown it in the other movies, but like Parker and his friends do a lot of like laughing and making fun of the other things that are going on around him like a like an immature person would uh so like you know like peter the nanotechnology is on the uh dr otto octavius's arms and he's mo- he's like basically like a puppeteer and is moving his arms around and he's giggling about it and then they they like go to the they they finally get him locked up and they ask him like what was your name again and he's like daughter auto doctor Otto octavius and then they start laughing and they're like N- no no really like
0: like what's your what's your real name it's like the it's like the same scene that peter had in infinity war when he when yeah. he meets doctor strange he's like oh we're using our we're using our made up names uh, i'm i'm spider man yeah. <laughs> It's, it's definitely that same, like, oh, okay, okay, I, uh, okay, we're on the same page, and you're not on the same page.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they, they did a good job with that, which, it plays into what happens later, um, so it, it it
0: works really well. Yeah. All right, let's move on. All right, third paragraph. Uh, Osborne reclaims control of himself from his split Green Goblin personality. Uh, He goes to an outreach building where May comforts him before Parker retrieves him. While discussing their battles with Spider-Man, Osborne, Octavius, and Dylan realize that they were pulled from their universes just before their deaths. Strange prepares to reverse the contained spell and send the villains back to their respective universes but Parker argues that they should first cure the villain's powers and insanity to prevent their deaths upon their return. Parker steals the spell, traps Strange in the mirror dimension, and, with Aunt May, takes the villains to Happy Hogan's apartment. He cures Octavius, but Osborne's goblin persona takes control and convinces the uncured villains to betray Parker. As Dylan, Marco, and Connors escape, Goblin fatally injures Aunt May. Before she dies, Aunt May tells Peter that, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. Which we learn, up until that moment, Peter had never heard before. Yeah, we had uh, we had jokingly said it about him, uh, <laughs> because it's... It's an iconic line, for me at least, introduced in the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Obviously it's a phrase that's been around for years, but the association of it with Spider-Man, for me, started there. And in the two subsequent movies, with the Amazing Spider-Man and then with the MCU Spider-Man, that same phrase has kind of followed him, even though it hasn't been actually introduced i'm not gonna lie to you jay i cried i i
1: didn't cry but i did i did tear up a little bit i was like wow that was really
0: awesome that was really sweet and like i saw wasn't, a lot of maturity i wasn't like full-on sobbing in the theater like some of the people around me i'll be honest <laughs> with you um but i was just sitting there and then I'll be 100% honest with you, in the immediate aftermath of Aunt May's death, I got a little bit angry. Really? Because the whole thing, not the whole thing, one of the things that I've loved so much about the MCU Spider-Man movies is that they weren't origin stories. And in that moment, it clicked that it is. Origin movies. And I was very upset. (laughs) Because it's one of those like ah yes everything we knew up until this point was a lie and it was just <laughs> it was very unsatisfying. Um, but that scene is done in a sense that it just rips your heart out, mm-hmm. and it's definitely the looking but like looking back and reading the plot, I thought it happened way later in the movie than it did. But I think it's just so in a in a traditional like a, in a Shakespearean plot, right? Shakespeare plays. Five acts, always, always five. The climax is always in the third act. So you have rising action to the climax and you have falling action. And it looks to me, which I didn't think this at the time, this is set up very similar in the five paragraphs. The climax is that moment and the falling action of this movie, when it's, it, it avalanches because Mm -hmm. it goes and it picks up momentum. And once it starts going, it does not stop. Yeah. The pacing, so the movie itself is a full two and a half hours, and it doesn't feel like it.
1: No, it doesn't. It flows very well, the movie does.
0: (sighs) Man, I forgot how heavy that scene was. I had kind of already, like, blocked that bit of this movie out. It's a a heavy one, man. Like, you don't get a whole lot of dramatic deaths in the MCU. Because it's like, honestly, to me, it's like... Tony, probably somebody that I'm immediately forgetting right now, if I'm being honest, and then Aunt May I, I would say so, yeah because I'm I know right there I'm with like, you the scene where Thor's mom is killed in the dark world happens in the dark world so it's not like I have this emotional attachment to it, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's somebody I'm forgetting like the, oh, Natasha we, we just talked about this <laughs> when we were talking about Hawkeye um, Natasha is probably above Aunt May for me just because she's a character that that I was a lot more invested in, yeah. Um, but Aunt May probably is third. Yeah, it's up there because I wasn't. It's up there,
1: and it's and it's not even because we care so much about Aunt May, but it's because we care so much about Peter. Tom Holland and, in that scene is and incredible. We, we know what all Tom Holland or uh, we we all know what Peter has lost already yeah you know he's already lost uncle ben to something we don't even know at this point we have to assume that he it was cancer or something you know like or something you know it it obviously wasn't something too dramatic anyway and not something Um,
0: inherently spider-man related
1: right and um and so he he's lost that he's lost he doesn't have his parents um he he had a father figure tony and uh he passed away and then all he had left was aunt may and then she passed away so it was like he really didn't have anybody left after that and um and so yeah it just had Mm -hmm. a whole whole lot more emotion to it all right
0: next paragraph all right act four as i'm now calling it um Ned discovers he can create portals using Dr. Strange's sling <laughs> ring. That was great. Ned is that great. That was great. Um, which he and MJ use to try to locate Peter. Instead, they find alternate versions of Peter from the villains universes who were also summoned by Strange's spell, who are nicknamed Peter 2 and Peter 3. <laughs> The group finds their universe's Peter, nicknamed Peter One, who is ready to give up and send the villains home. The alternate Peters share stories of losing loved ones and encourage Peter One to fight in Aunt May's honor and the three Peters develop cures for the villains. I have not heard a movie react to a scene like this since end game like I have I've heard this type of in theater reaction memorably three times uh Black Panther when he wins in game when everybody comes back and the scene where they all get together in in here where the three Spider-Men they do they, they do the meme the the Spider-Man pointing meme that that I share every time I get a chance on Twitter Um, it wasn't officially confirmed. It was, it was very expected. It was going to happen. It was never officially confirmed. So the, the satisfaction of that moment was so fulfilling. And the satisfaction of them
1: being in whatever their timeline would be now. Yeah. That's what thrilled me more than anything else, because what I was so scared of is that Tobey Maguire was going to show up and that he was going to be de-aged. Mm, that's, yeah. And what I had told, actually, I, I told my son this as we were going to the movie. He said, what do you think is going to happen with the other Spider-Men? And I said, well, I said, what I hope happens is that Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man shows up and that he's more of this, like, aged wise spider-man that's been doing this for
0: a long time yeah and that's precisely what we got he's he's almost functions more like the peter from spider-verse yes where it's that like almost older brother type of figure dressed as a hip youth minister when i tell you i snorted (laughs) in the movie theater Because like, I have, I have friends who have gone into youth ministry, right? Like I've been around a lot of youth ministers in my time. Uh, that was hilarious.
1: It was absolutely. It was so funny. Fantastic. Great writing.
0: And it was such in character with Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker. Yes. Like that was the, the knock on his character was like, oh, he's a great Spider-Man, but his Peter Parker is, he's, he's too cool. He's not awkward enough. Yeah. Um, so it fit him to a t when he would say something like that it was and then the reaction of toby maguire like oh, sorry like it was such ah uh, that moment was everything i wanted it to be <laughs> and then
1: the the scene which i don't know if we've even gotten to this part in the in the act but when they're at the statue of liberty yeah. and that scene with all three of them talking to each other i would have been Okay, if that had been the entire movie because I, w- I want that, that whole scene.
0: exchange was perfect. So you know like the the Mythos kind of of Anchorman, how a lot of it was unscripted. Yeah, and that's why there are so many hilarious outtakes. yeah, because they just made up some like the cast made up so much of that movie as it happened. Right. That's what I want there to be of that scene where the three of them are at the Statue of Liberty and they just have like like daytime talk show banter. Like that's what I want. I want outtakes like they were on Dr. Phil and they were trying (laughs) to like all talk about their relationship of being the same person but different people (laughs) like that that is content I need. But yeah. I, I want it to exist. I just don't think it does. Because that was obviously incredibly scripted. And not like... Because, I mean, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield haven't been Spider-Man in so long. I imagine it doesn't just, like, happen. No, probably not. I don't know. At the same time, though, I really hope that there
1: is... Like, this is probably going to be a DVD that I will buy. Just because I want to watch the commentary and, like, any kind of interviews with them.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, that actually, that really makes me wonder when it, when do you think this would be released on disc? Uh, gosh. I mean, it's still in theaters,
1: so it probably won't be till maybe July.
0: Um, the expectation that i'm seeing online is based on the previous um release calendar for at least for no for far from home the expectation is probably march or april mm, hmm. um, maybe well i mean when is the next marvel movie probably may
1: oh uh doctor strange is did, no it
0: got pushed back didn't it
1: in that march
0: i thought it got pushed back
1: oh did it get pushed
0: back Oh no! I still need that link. Um, uh, I saw
1: uh, Morpheus got pushed back to July or something. So for the for the sixth time,
0: that movie's gotten pushed back. I just hope it releases at this point. Yeah. Oh, uh, where am I? Or is it gonna suck? See, it's funny because it's a That, vampire, that was mate. that was bad. That was uh, Multiverse of Madness is currently scheduled for May sixth, so yeah. I would expect okay. No Way Home to be released in the lead up to Doctor Strange, and we will get to why in a minute. Hmm. Hmm. Are you ready for the fifth and final paragraph? of this plot.
1: Yeah, although you know I was not ready for the end of this
0: movie. I wanted it to keep going. Yeah, I completely agree. The the scenes where the three Spider-Men learn Sp- Sp- Spider-Man um uh, <laughs> where where they all <laughs> learn to work together as opposed to like working separately, that it was so fun to watch. Um but to get to that point the group lure um, Dylan, Marco, and Connors, um, also known I mean, we we established Electro and Sandman, and Kurt Connors is, is is he just the Lizard? The Lizard, yeah, Lizard, the Lizard. Um, they lure them to the Statue of Liberty. Peter One and Peter Two cure Marco and Connors, while Octavius arrives to help cure Dylan. Uh, Ned frees dr strange from the mirror dimension with a portal which is comedy because ned is like doing his best and it's just like the first thing dr strange learned he's like, all right cool um goblin appears and unleashes the contained spell which begins pulling more people in from other universes um, strange attempts to hold them off while an enraged peter one tries to kill goblin Peter 2 stops him, and Peter 3 helps Peter 1 inject Goblin with his cure, restoring Osborne's sanity. Peter 1 realizes that the only way to protect the multiverse is to erase himself from everyone's memory and requests that Strange do so, while promising MJ and Ned that he will find them again. The spell is cast, and everyone returns to their respective universes including Eddie Brock, who leaves behind a piece of the Venom symbiote. Two weeks later, Peter visits MJ and Ned to reintroduce himself, but decides against it. While mourning at Aunt May's grave, he has a conversation with Happy and is inspired to carry on, making a new suit and resuming his vigilantism. Hmm.
1: Well... You know, something I forgot to say earlier was one thing that we get to see in the mirror d- dimension with uh, Peter is just how intelligent he is because he's in the mirror dimension and he's looking around and he's like, "Wait a minute, it's just I geometry. know these shapes. I know, this is geometry." Yeah. And then he's like, "This isn't magic." And then like he says something to, uh, Strange and is like, "Hey, you know what else is <laughs> magic?" geometry and then like he, he tra- does all he the traps him yeah he does all the webs at the perfect angle and then it it traps him yeah so that to me just kind of showed like how intelligent this version of peter He's is just,
0: he just on the fly knows the math yeah and he executes it perfectly yeah
1: um but yeah man what what an emotional scene well first let me just say i loved that you know each Spider-Man that we've had has done Spider-Man in a different way. You know, they not not any two of them has done something the same. Yeah, they've all done it differently. Like even the point where like. When they are Spider-Man, like the way that they swing, the way that they land, when they're falling out of the air, like everything they do it differently, and you get to see that during this final fight, and that was really fun. So you get to see like all the different styles of Spider-Man that we have. Yeah. Um. But man, what an emotional scene right there at the end where um Peter has just had it with Green Goblin. And he would have killed him. He would have no doubt in my mind, Mm -mm.
0: which is like, I know you had that, that visceral reaction in man of steel because you're, you're a Superman guy and you had that reaction in man of steel when, you know, against all of his characterization to that point, Superman kills Zod. Yeah. And it's this incredible, like you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, you that you broke moment. the rule yeah you have one rule it's that well you, you do you have more than one rule but like that's the first rule and seeing peter get to that point because i mean he he has you know a, a similar rule right like i'm sure he's inadvertently caused the deaths of people in the past but like never deliberately yeah because i mean let's be honest he has caused some carnage in the past So, like, someone, he has caused something to happen that has caused someone else to die. I think Mm -hmm. that is a a fairly logical point to make. But he has never directly introduced someone to their maker. (laughs) Yeah. And he was going to. He was. And, I mean, Strange is busy, right? He's not going to stop him. MJ and Ned are not at that part of the island. So, it really came down to the other Spider-Men and being like, hey, uh... We have mutual experiences that somehow we're not going to talk about how all of these things have happened to all of us, but moving on, um, if there's anyone you should listen to in this moment, it is us. Let us help you. At somewhat sizable personal cost for Toby Maguire, because he gets stabbed. Yeah. And he tanks it like a boss. He's, just, he's essentially, he's standing there and he's like, ah. This is unfortunate for me. You're going to be okay, essentially? He's like, yeah, I've been stabbed before. We're just going to gloss over that? (laughs) Like, Come on. But also, doesn't he have a spider sense that should have shown him he was about to get stabbed? That seems like a a minor flaw. There's a
1: huge flaw that I'm going to bring up here in just a minute. I, and then we get to see, essentially to me, we get to see, this is going to be so cheesy to say it this way, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. We get to see, uh, gosh, it's hurting me. Say it. Just saying it in my head. Say it out loud. Hurt the rest of us, Jay. We, we see Spider Boy become Spider Man. Oh, you said it. I did. It's awful. But it's true. It's, no, it is. I, it's just I hate I hate it. It sounds awful coming out of my mouth, but it's that's ex- essentially what happens. We get to see yeah. Peter Parker, this this high school kid, grows up like so much in this movie. And that's why I wanted to point out that, you know, they do a really good job of showing, hey, this guy, he is a kid. He really is. He is this immature little kid and now he has turned into this man yeah. where he's like hey you know i've got to do what's best for everybody else yeah. i can't think about myself
0: he i mean he essentially makes the a, a very similar sacrifice that we talked about natasha making because yeah. natasha sacrifices herself to save everyone and so does peter I yeah mean, peter doesn't die but essentially he, he kind of does. does yeah no one knows he exists
1: not even when he goes to see aunt may's grave
0: and happy walks up and is like how'd you know how'd you know her and it's like oh i can't say anything because it like it breaks how everything works he's like what what does he end up saying he says something like she helped me or
1: yeah she helped me Find who I was, yeah. or something like that. I can't remember
0: what he says, and it's, but. Golly. Oh, man, that hit deep. Like, not only does everybody forget that Peter Parker is Spider Man, no one remembers Peter Parker exists. Hmm. That's the part that I was like, the gravity of that being the consequence sat with me longer than anything else in the rest of this movie. Because not even strange strange won't remember who he is and strange
1: even had like he he really didn't want to do it yeah you know like you could tell the way he was talking to him he was like like i'm even gonna forget you you know yeah
0: so spider-man still exists right
1: yes nobody forgot spider-man they just forgot who spider-man was
0: was, was because they forgot who peter parker they forgot is. peter parker existed right so that i mean that has to be how he'll he has to introduce himself to the heroes first right i would think so yeah just like the hey uh this is w-, like go to Str- i would he has to go to strange first be like hey listen we gotta talk <laughs> you might want to sit
1: down for this But I feel it, so
0: bad for Peter at the end of this movie.
1: He but. then, he goes to see MJ, he goes to see Ned, neither one of them remember. Just to, just to further prove, like, how real this spell was for him, you know, they don't recognize him at all. And he, instead of, you know, trying to go into, hey, I know you, or, or you know, telling her that he loves her, he just kind of walks out like, yeah, you know what, they're they've got the life that they deserve. Wanted. They got the life that they deserve. And then he goes off, he gets his own place. He's having to get his GED because nobody remembers who he is. And even his uh,
0: school. Yeah.
1: Even his school. And then he uh, makes his own suit, which it looks like the classic 1960s mm-hmm. suit. Shiny blue uh, with the red and the, black The web webs. accent, yeah and uh i hope we get i hope they release an image of that suit soon because we didn't it there was so much movement you didn't really get a good
0: a good look of it long look at it yeah i think so this this thought just hit me it's very the the scene at the donut shop with with mj and ned is very much the the flip side of the coin with gamora at the end of Endgame, because the Gamora yeah. that lives isn't the Gamora from before, obviously, because she was sacrificed for the Soul Stone. But she lives and she's kind of like Nebula is kind of telling her some of the things that happen. And she's like looking at Star-Lord and she's like him. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like we were talking about how Peter ultimately decides not to reintroduce himself to MJ and Ned. How would you have that conversation of saying, like, how would
1: you even begin that?
0: Hey, you don't know who I am. I was your best friend for 10 years. I know everything about you. I promise this is real. And then going to MJ being like, listen, I know we just met, but we didn't just meet and we were in love. That sentence is crazy. Yeah. Like, how do you react to that that isn't calling the police? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, again, he made the only decision he could. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, he grew up in that moment. And he realized, I can't reintroduce myself to them because then it'll walk down the same road that we just went through eventually. I think, just a, a, a changing gears a little bit, the biggest disappointment of this whole movie is Venom. Yes, because we were at the end of at the end of Let There Be Carnage when he gets pulled in, he changes universes. We were so excited. We said, "Oh, this this confirms it, right? This confirms everything that's going to happen because up until that point, there hadn't been leaks. I don't even know that we had had a trailer yet. So we didn't know that Doc Ock and the Goblin were coming back. We thought they were. We were pretty sure, but we didn't know. And then when Venom moves, we realize, okay, they can all exist in the same place. But he's an afterthought. He was, and something that is a huge...
1: It bothers me because it's a big flaw in the movie with Venom being there. As far as we know from what we've seen in the venom movies venom does not know who spider-man is doesn't know who peter parker is so why does venom show up in this universe when the whole reason that all the villains are showing up and the other spider-men are showing up is because they
0: know who peter parker is they they um the symbiote pulled him over venom didn't come over during the spell Venom came over separately. Venom came over separately. Yes, so because you remember, saying, you remember in that. Yeah, in that I remember at the scene, end of
1: Venom, he he ends up in the same universe. But does he? Does he, he? I thought the whole. I thought that was just kind of showing the whole
0: reason he showed up in that universe was because of that spell. I don't think so. I think it was the symbiote saying, "This is the type of because the the end of that movie is." The symbiote essentially saying like, if I told you all of the things that I know, it would melt you. And then he's like, try me. So he goes, okay, well, what if I do this? And the room that they were in changed because he left his universe. I don't think he was pulled in by the spell at all. Oh, I think it was the, the you symbiote. Think the symbiote did that. Pulled him in, which is why he was there, but he wasn't lured. Because like you said, tom hardy as venom there might not even be a spider-man in his universe there probably yeah. is it makes sense that there would be but up until this point we don't it hasn't know. ever been mentioned right so i understand where you're coming from i just want to think your premise is flawed
1: i, okay, I want so i want
0: to think that
1: so you're saying the symbiote is the one who brought him over not the spell yes okay gotcha but it's such a waste, man. It was. I, it, I was very sad it didn't show up. But there is a piece
0: of the symbiote left behind. I realize that, and I'm very excited for it. But I am going to go ahead and say, if this Flash Thompson becomes Venom, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> because this yeah. Flash Thompson is insufferable. yes. I agree. Like deliberately. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like the character is bad. I'm saying the character is bad. I'm not saying the character is poorly done. The character is done well to be unlikable. Yes. I wanna. I wanna. But get that is on he record. an
1: Asian Venom? No.
0: No. 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 No.
1: No. Not at all. <laughs> well, and uh, and then we end with uh, the after credits scene. Oh my well, gosh. Which was
0: really the trailer not really it was it straight up was and we had the the dichotomy right we talked about how the hawkeye credit scene that musical number was terrible and we hated it it was bad this is on to me the complete other end of the credit scene spectrum because it is the full initial trailer From of Madness. Which looks so good. Everything we know, really, about this movie, we learn in this trailer. And sitting there in that moment, realizing everything that's about to hit the fan. I'm so excited. It's about to get real. Yeah, I'm very excited.
1: And uh, yeah, this. uh, So let's rate this movie.
0: Let's wrap it up. What so, are we, what uh, are we rating in on the Spider-Man scale or the MCU scale?
1: Oh man. Um, I don't know. We could really do both. Uh, Spider-Man scale of all the Spider-Man movies, period. Where does this land? And then where does it land in the MCU? I will go first since I can tell you. you are in Thank deep you. thought. <laughs>
0: It's, it's much easier to place on the Spider-Man scale. I'll say that. On the
1: Spider-Man scale, it is definitely at the top. Yeah. It is right there. Uh, and then <laughs> right next to it is uh, Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. I was about to say,
0: what is your Spider-Man scale? Because mine, I think, is probably... The lowest is uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes. And then top is Spider-Man and 2. And then top would be... To, well, to this Spider- point
1: was up until this point yeah. with spider-man 2 and then i would put this new one uh right above uh that one uh and then as far as the mcu goes i don't know this
0: is hard um because gosh I, in the in the wake of this movie there were a lot of people who immediately hopped on twitter and in their their own kind way of being spoiler free, but also wanting to talk about the movie. They were Oh, this is this is the best Marvel movie. Everybody has to go see this. And uh, it's good. But I don't think I think I that is I think that's the recency top. bias. Yeah. I think that's I yeah, just saw definitely. this movie, so it's fresher than everything else.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um I would put it I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be, I think I'm going to have to sit down and really think about all the MCU movies to be able to rate it appropriately. So as far as a number scale goes, 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's, it's definitely a a must watch, especially if you're already invested in the MCU.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, And then even if you're not invested in the MCU, but just invested in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah then
0: you know even that it's definitely a must see so i i agree i would rate it a 10 out of 10 um i tell you what i want to do jay sometime uh maybe for maybe for our our january bonus episode um are you familiar with with tier maker the i've heard of it yes i would be very interested in doing an mcu tier maker because i feel like it's very easy to say this movie is is s tier mcu it is in the the top echelon of the of the movies but where it ranks inside of the best movies that's very tricky and i think i think that would be a, a fun task for us to do yeah we should do
1: that we could do that for the bonus episode which is the next one what so
0: we'll be talking about oh what would that be episodes three 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 and four three four and five of boba fett yep three four and five okay so we'll have those three to talk about and then i think we could settle it down and just do tier maker i think that would be yeah enough content i think so this is gonna be a a beast of an episode
1: yeah i'm i'm pretty excited all right man well (sighs) oh It's... Thank you so much for tuning in two hours later.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, this is uh, this has gone on for a bit.
1: Now, once I edit it down, <laughs> it'll probably be sitting around an hour 45. But still, still thank is... you.
0: This will get you, what, Nashville to Murfreesboro in rush hour?
1: Maybe. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a great New Year. Uh, John, it's glad glad to have you back. Oh, it's and, it's uh, great to see you again, Jay. Glad glad you're still here with us, and uh, looking forward to the rest of this year. We got tons of content to cover, and uh, we'll be right here giving you our opinion. If
0: you want to listen to it, or if you would like to ask for it, you can reach out to us as as a uh, Jay described earlier. Those are are going to be the best places to reach
1: reach us. Yep. Please do send us a message. Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, but until uh, we'll see you in two weeks. but until then, nerd out.